Being with your changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode Cloud Servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode is brought to you by Rollbar. Rollbar is real-time error monitoring, alerting, and analytics that helps you resolve production errors in minutes. And I talked with Paul Bigger, the founder of CircleCI, a trusted customer of Rollbar, and Paul says they don't deploy a service without installing Rollbar first. It's that crucial to them. We operate at serious scale, and literally the first thing we do when we create a new service is is we install Rollbar in it. Like we, we need to have that visibility, uh, and without that visibility, it would be impossible to run at the scale we do, and certainly with the number of people that we have. Like we're a relatively small team operating a major service, and without the visibility that Rollbar gives us into our exceptions, it just it just wouldn't be possible. All right, if you want to follow in Paul's footsteps and start deploying with confidence today, head to rollbar.com slash changelog. Once again, rollbar.com slash changelog. Welcome to JS Party, a weekly celebration of JavaScript and the web. Tune in live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific at changelaw.com slash live. Join the community and Slack with us in real time during the show at changelaw.com slash community. Follow us on Twitter. We're at JS Party FM. And now on to the show. All right. Welcome back to JS Party, everyone. We are here with a very special show and a very special guest. It's Atul from Node GUI and Node GUI React. Atul, thanks so much for joining JS Party with us today. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Atul. I am a software engineer working with a FinTech startup called Anyfin. I am currently based out of Stockholm, Sweden. I'm originally from India. I primarily work on JavaScript ecosystem, but uh, occasionally hack around with C++ and Rust on my free time. Yeah, and I'm so excited to be here uh, to talk about Node GUI, which is my latest and most recent project that I'm working on. Awesome. Great to have you. And joining me, my partner in crime today to chat with that tool is Nick Nisi. What's up, Nick? Hoi hoi. Hoi hoi. Well, we saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I talked about it on the pre-show. I can't help but embarrass you a little bit here. You're you're fresh off a of bicycle injury. Tell everybody <laughs> what happened. Come on. Oh, yeah. I was going too fast and hit some unexpected mud. And uh, luckily, my helmet broke my fall. But yeah, I'm a little scraped up, but good. Moral of the story is always wear your helmets, friends, when you're on yes. your bike. And, you know, when you're trying to stay healthy, sometimes it backfires and you get less healthy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's the risks we take. But we're not here to talk about that and embarrass Nick. We're here to talk about Node GUI and hopefully not embarrass Atul, uh, a very cool project, Node GUI and Node GUI React. This is an open source library for building cross-platform native desktop applications with JavaScript and CSS like styling. Node GUI apps can run on the Mac, they can run on Windows and on Linux from a single code base. So a somewhat uh, typical story in, in the cross-platform regard, but it has some unique aspects uh, to it. And so we're happy to talk about it. It's made quite a splash when you announced it uh, last month, a tool. So uh, we heard where you're from and, and what got you here, but tell us about Node GUI and why you decided to make this project and, and what makes it different from what we've seen before. So basically, I, uh, the story where it began is that I wanted to build a music player. Uh, so I was uh, in my home, home computer, I primarily use Linux. And uh, on my work computer, I use Mac. Uh, but I wanted something that could work on both. Um, so I set out for something that works nicely for me, but there was nothing. I wanted a small 
music player reject which would just lie around on the right side and then you know play my favorite music uh, so i started building it out around a year and a half uh, with electron i could build it out uh, i finished it but the problem was that it started using a lot of cpu <laughs> and memory on the sides and uh, i was basically stuck uh, because i can't just play a music player and not do anything else on the side right that doesn't work so i set out uh, looking for other alternatives uh, but couldn't find anything which is really optimal so i uh, started building a small framework uh, which was node gui back in the time i used to also work with qt on my uh, on my free time qt is basically a, a c++ framework to build cross platform native desktop applications the thing with uh, qt is that it's not as easy to work with because it's c++ uh, so you have to handle all the pointers and memory issues and everything so i started creating wrapper around it so that i could export it to javascript so after a while it uh, i figured that i i basically start working on music player now i start working on the complete framework itself so i still haven't completely built out the framework my uh, music player yet <laughs> but hopefully that would happen someday i would i assume <laughs> but i was also working on my professional time on react uh, so i was kind of inspired by react native so react native kind of makes it very simple to make mobile applications and uh, i used to work with cordova back in the day and it was kind of like a browser solution for the mobile apps so i wanted something same for the desktop application also uh, so currently all the desktop frameworks are on electron which is a browser based solution uh, i really love electron it for its simplicity and documentation and everything but i wanted something more you know small and much more lightweight so i took some inspiration from react native and i started building react node gui which is kind of like how cordova uh, people start transitioning from cordova to react native i want the same thing to happen from electron to hopefully react node gui someday but yeah this was a side project uh, but when i launched i received a lot of traction mm-hmm. and i basically started working on it but a bit more seriously so yeah uh, that's pretty much the story how it goes that I, I giggle a little bit. The fact that you don't have your your music player yet it reminds me. <laughs> it reminds me. Of, there's an old proverb where there's some scientists versus God, and they're trying to invent a sandwich from scratch, you know. And so the scientists go out and they start trying to plant some wheat. And right when they get to digging, God stops them and says, "Hey, get your own dirt." <laughs> and that's. I feel like as developers, we're kind of like that a lot. I mean, we're much higher abstraction than dirt at this point, especially in the JavaScript ecosystem. But we're very much inventing our tools more than we're actually working on the things that we set out to do. It's like, okay, now I have to invent a universe in order to create this little MP3 player. Yeah. So, but uh, one thing which I focused on was not to reinvent everything. Uh, so I basically took out few inspiration from how Electron works internally. I even had a chat with Electron team. So they were pretty helpful. They basically scheduled a fifteen-minute video chat to discuss on how I can proceed. So. even though we are kind of a competitive framework but mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome to see how helpful and how awesome the open source community is and especially the electron team is so yeah uh, so based on those inspiration i it follows kind of similar architecture to what electron does but only thing it replaces chromium with qt so that's how it becomes lightweight and so i i don't know much about qt but does that have like a a browser component in it then that you're you're building around or is it more translating to native components within qt yeah so uh, qt is basically a cross platform uh, c++ framework so it basically renders all your widgets on the native uh, native code so for example on operating system os x it would render something with cocoa framework ah. uh, so things like that yeah but it also has a web browser engine which i am not 
using right now, but I would have a WebView component uh, soon uh, on Node GUI itself. But uh, currently what it does is it does something what React Native does. It uh, runs the JavaScript code, but in the end makes native calls to the native APIs to generate native widgets on the fly. Okay. And the good part of Qt is that it supports styling with uh, CSS. Uh, so I get that right out of the box. So oh, wow. you now have JavaScript and CSS, but not a browser, basically. So all your CSS styling is there. All entire cascading stuff is there. Uh, you could basically uh, select a particular widget with ID and then, you know, do pseudo selectors like hover or things like that, which is amazing. That's why I chose Qt. That's pretty cool. I never knew you could do that with Qt. It seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> is it just because CSS was such a, a known technology? Did they add that, you know, when, once the web formalized around? Because Qt's been around a while, right? Yeah, it's been around for around 12 years or so. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but the thing is, uh, I think CSS is most underrated and the most powerful uh, styling library that system. The system that I've used. I've used Android and other even iOS systems before, but the most flexible one is still CSS. And that's why... I think it's quite powerful. I think that's why they might have realized and implemented it. So I mentioned there's two projects here worth making the distinction because you've made the distinction in your repos and, and I think in the way that you built it out, you have Node GUI itself and then you have Node GUI React. So tell us about that distinction and um, the React story here. Yeah, so uh, Node GUI is basically a pure JavaScript version. It does not use any other. It's basically like writing document or create element in a web world where you could just uh, create a particular div or things like that. But React Node GUI is kind of a React renderer, something similar to what React Native is. You can basically write all the widgets as components and then you know share state or uh, pass on props and everything. So it's a direct translation from uh, Node GUI syntax to React syntax. And that allows a lot of flexibility, like managing states and uh, things like what React provides out of the box. Hmm. And the why I chose React, uh, React is basically, I am mostly uh, familiar with React, but there is also an Angular port coming out by another collaborator of mine. So he is working on Angular port as we speak. Well, this is following an architectural style, which I have advocated for, which is to build your core libraries, a framework agnostic, and then allow to plug into or use an adapter pattern or some sort of a wrapper or layer on top the API necessary for whatever things you're going to integrate with. So I think you're doing it right in that regard because React is the way to go today, but uh, maybe not two, three, four years from now, and you will be well positioned with Node GUI to still provide value down the road, even if React goes out of style or you quit using it or Angular takes off, you can serve more people for longer by making that abstraction. So I, I applaud you for that. Yep, yep. Uh, that's pretty much the same uh, thinking that I followed. Uh, that's why I just built up. Uh, I was primarily interested in Node GUI, but ended up investing a lot of time on React itself. So you mentioned one of the main reasons that you set off on this quest was because of like the performance issues with Electron and, it, and specifically like being V8 based uh, under that. What other insights have you, have you seen since porting or since creating this over something like Electron or, or React Native? Yeah, so uh, when I set out to big, uh, start, uh, set out to build this, initially I thought it would be kind of simple. I, I could just export out Qt's widgets outside and make a Node, Node.js add-on, mm -hmm. native add-on. Uh, but it wasn't simple because Node.js has its own, every GUI system has its own message loop or event loop. 
and Node.js has its own event loop. So if you want two loops to work in a single thread, it's kind of impossible. So in order to merge them into a single loop, that's where the Electron's architecture came into play. I basically followed what Electron does under the hood. Uh, they merge two event loop, one of the Chromium's event loop and the Node.js event loop together to form a single event loop that works for both. Similarly, uh, Node.GUI merges both uh, Node.js and Qt's event loop to form a unified thing. And the best part of this is, in most cases, when the application is not in use, you would actually see 0% CPU use on the, with the applications that you build with Node.GUI, which is kind of a super plus because it saves a lot of battery on laptops and everything. Mm. Other than that, uh, for a simple Hello World app, it would be around 20 megabytes of RAM. And there's only one thread running, basically. So you don't see a helper threads running, in, like in case of Electron or Chromium or Chrome. Right, it's just one thread, one application running with twenty megabytes of RAM and zero uh, percent or one to two percent of CPU. Sounds pretty nice to me. What about the developer experience in somebody who's familiar with Electron or maybe already has an app on Electron? Is there any familiarity? Is there a, is there a path to porting, or is this just like if you're starting fresh, try this because they're way different in terms of use? Yeah, so it is not quite straightforward, unfortunately. But if you have a React-based applications and you had a uh, followed the nice patterns of abstracting out your components, like you created your own text and view and other components, you could eventually port the entire stuff by rewriting only the view layer, the, uh, the elements of or the atoms of a particular project, like text or anything. But yeah, other than that, it's a, uh, sadly at this point of time, it's a complete rewrite. But it is quite similar to how you build applications of web. So you don't have to learn anything new. Mm -hmm you would do something similar to what you do on the website, web page for styling and even it's just plain JavaScript when you use it. I guess the fact is complicated applications which have been architected in a way that have abstracted away their UI code probably have large portions of their code base that would port over. They have to rewrite the UI assuming that the UI is smaller than the rest of the app. Many of the small things that we write, it's like, 99% UI and like there's this one little piece of functionality that we build like play music but if you have a complicated application maybe your code surface is mostly business logic and not mostly UI code at which point, at which point that would make porting a little bit more manageable yes exactly so uh, that's where also react comes in right you could port out your components separately and then it would work like like nothing happened This episode is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the simplest cloud platform for developers and teams with products like droplets, spaces, Kubernetes, load balancers, block storage, and pre-built one-click apps. You can deploy, manage, and scale cloud applications faster and more efficiently on DigitalOcean. Whether you're running one virtual machine or 10,000, DigitalOcean makes managing your infrastructure way too easy. Head to do.co slash changelog. Again, do.co slash changelog. So let's talk a little bit about cross-platform frameworks because they have a long history and some people have had success with them. I think Electron has been one of the most successful, definitely in the JavaScript space. But in general, a lot of these things have been developed and tried and sometimes left behind, sometimes stuck with it. 
there's problems that they present and this it almost all falls back on q2 i think in the in the place of node gui but i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it um you have the problem of lowest common denominator uh, application abilities like how you access apis in the native os's you have sometimes the uncanny valley of ui where it looks pretty much like it belongs but it doesn't actually look like it belongs it's close but it's kind of like weird especially with windowing and the widgets and stuff other issues that pop up when you're building one piece of code to present on multiple platforms so curious how node gui stacks up in that direction and just your thoughts on that in general yeah so uh, one of the main reasons why i chose qt was the same thing so when i used other frameworks uh, out there um, uh, to build out the desktop application that i wanted I couldn't style them to my needs, right? Uh, for example, they all always gave me the native look. But sometimes I want to build something very, which is very custom. So what I did was, what Qt does is it allows you to paint over the native widget itself. So you could customize it to whatever you like. So the same way that you do it on web, right? You could just style on your buttons to look whatever you like using CSS. Uh, similarly, you could do it with NodeGUI. So you could make it look like a mobile app or a you can make a, a Mac OS app look like a Windows app, for example. So that kind of flexibility allows me to build any kind of styling or UI which I want. And secondly, um, one of the most important thing which I felt was that uh, in case of React Native, why it's so successful is that you could build out your own native widgets or native plugins uh, other than what React Native provides. So something like a native plugin support was actually needed. Uh, so which is what uh, I released uh, around three, four days ago. So with this, you could actually build out or export out more widgets from Qt world or any other C++ framework or anything native onto the node GUI world by just writing an external plugin. And would that plugin be in JavaScript or in C++? Yeah, so you would need to write a bit of native code uh, if you want to export out native functionalities, but the end user would always use the JavaScript counterpart which is what uh, React Native also does uh, in the end, right? All the native plugins you write in either Java or iOS code, and then you export it out to JavaScript. Yeah, so that was one of the uh, primary focuses this time, this week. And one of the uh, more interesting features are like event support. So all the events that Qt supports are now exported out. So Node.js supports something called event emitter. So I just send all the events from the Qt world or the native desktop world to the event emitter and event emitter converts it to the JavaScript events. So that way you have access to an entire event system and all the style sheets that is provided by Qt and even uh, Flexbox layouting is supported. So React Native also uses something called as Yoga, which is a layouting library. So it allows you to do you know layouts based on Flexbox, things like align items or justify content or something like that. So now you can do that with uh, Node GUI also. So when you say React Native, I think about mobile and then when you start talking about qt i wonder does qt have any sort of like mobile story or is there a, a path towards mobile or is this desktop only yeah so qt also supports mobile applications but currently i haven't exported those functionalities to node GUI yet but maybe but i feel that react native does a really good job in the end and i really do not want to you know reinvent the wheel but i want to match react node GUI's api to as close as possible to react native so that you could write the same code base and you know, you could basically get out a mobile application with React Native also. So that way you don't reinvent the wheel too much. But uh, Qt does support mobile applications as well. So it might not be too hard to export it. Do we know any public code bases or even just 
maybe private code bases, but publicly known companies who are using Electron in such a fashion where they have a desktop application in Electron and then they have a React Native application that's running from at least a, a, a shared code base. Maybe they have separate aspects, but, but similar code. I'm asking both y'all. I don't know the answer to this. I'm just curious if that's a thing people are doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure as well, but I don't know what Slack's mobile app is based on, but I have to see. Yeah. The reason I ask because that would be a pretty unique value proposition in addition to your performance and memory consumption differentiator. Because right now, that I mean, that's what you have to offer is this is this twenty megabytes of RAM, which is incredibly tantalizing as a user, <laughs> as a person who's uh, low on RAM at all times on my on my work machine, and then low CPU usage as well. But if you also said, and by the way, you could build out the same. You know, from the same code base, you could build your GUI for both desktop and mobile. That would be pretty compelling. Yep, maybe something for me to look at uh, after the start. Right? <laughs> I'm curious how these components expose like things like CSS to to you. So if I'm if I'm coming to this from the React Native side, how do I know what classes are available to use? For example, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, there is a so one of the good parts of Qt is that it is highly documented framework. So I could basically link out most of the documentations to Qt itself. Although I'm writing a lot of documentation right now, but Qt supports Qt has a complete list of what the style sheets, you, what the style properties you can use, all the paint properties like background color, color border, etc. And also it also has support for you know advanced cascading. Like you could choose an element which is in deep down nested inside. And uh, you could also have access to something like pseudo selectors, like hover, etc., which uh, React Native doesn't support yet because it uses its own custom styling engine. But yeah, this would support all of those. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Is how full featured can I get with with styling this? And it seems like you can go pretty far. Yeah, uh, I really tried it out, and you could go pretty pretty intense stuff like uh, on hover, just uh, on hover for button, you could highlight color of something else. So that those are pretty good, I would say. What are some apps that are out there in the wild? I know it's relatively new, and your your MP3 player isn't quite ready yet. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> that being said, you have some examples. There's calculators. There's things that provide. You can see how nice it looks cross platform, showing off those Qt widgets. Uh, at a certain point, you wonder, you know, are, could it scale to a larger code base or lots of widgets? And like, do things change as it gets bigger? It'd be nice to have something that's substantial being used it before maybe people hop on board. So I'm curious if anybody else has adopted it already. I know it's early days. Or if you have built any, you know, in your, you got to build out some examples as you're, as you're working on it. So curious how complex you've gotten. Yeah, so uh, there is one, uh, one, one example out there uh, other than what I built, uh, that is a password generator. But it's also a simple application, I would say. But uh, yeah, people are trying it out. But uh, the way I am de developing it is a bit different. I start building a small app and then add functionality to it as I go instead of just, you know, randomly picking out functions from somewhere and then, you know, quoting it. So that way I, whenever I notice a performance bottleneck or some, some issue with styling, which I want better, I could basically look at it from a user's perspective. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm building out examples and then uh, example applications on the side, and then I'm putting out the necessary functionalities. So that way I have even examples out. Plus, I could even look at it from a user's perspective, actual user's perspective. What's the debugging story like, and how does it compare to something like React Native? Yeah, uh, so the, the debugging story is pretty similar to what uh, you're used to in Node.js. 
So you could set up breakpoints and everything by just calling it with inspect hyphen hyphen inspect on the JavaScript side. But even on the C side, you have some part of debugging uh, because C supports something called as GDB. So even in VS Code, you have GDB plugins which you can just plug in and you can debug your actual C code inside of Node GUI while you're working on it. If you want to do it, that is. Otherwise, you could always inspect on the JavaScript side by using regular nodes uh, debugging tools like Node Inspector or things like that. Yeah, nice. So you can just think of Node GUI as a Node.js add-on, like an extension to Node.js. So that way you could use all the tools that Node.js supports for debugging. What about if you take off the for debugging? Can you just use all Node.js compatible packages? Like anything in NPM that runs on Node is going to run here? Or are there any gotchas? Yeah, so anything that runs on Node.js can run on this pretty seamlessly. And uh, even the native plugins, uh, which something like a SAS or things like that, if you want to run, you could run it, which have those C++ add-ons will run properly on this. The only thing is while packaging, you need to make sure that, you know, the node add-ons that you're packaging, actually you, you also package the binaries with it so that they actually run. Uh, but this is all taken care of by another packer library that I introduced. Uh, it's called Node Packer. And that basically is a web pack, which is, you know, collects all the add-ons, JavaScript and everything and packages. So once you have an app package, is there anything in there that is would prevent it perhaps from being accepted into any of the popular app stores or, or distribution mechanisms? Yeah, so I haven't really looked into it yet because it's just a month since I launched this. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually looking for it. But uh, it is using the standard uh, Qt's, uh, Qt provided these packaging libraries, which I use. So they should be uh, compatible because Qt already takes care of those. But I would have to, you know, actually submit an application and then see if it actually works. This episode is brought to you by Algolia, search technology to power your business. Trusted by Twitch, Stripe, Adobe, and many more. Even us. Yes, we use them to power our search, and we love the way they obsess over that developer experience. They let us fine-tune the index for the best results and report back what people are searching for, even servicing search terms that get zero results, which we love. Check the show notes for a link to get started for free, or head to algolia.com to learn more. So far, our tool is sounding pretty awesome. Is are there be dragons anywhere, or is it just all rainbows and unicorns? Like, are are there any gotchas or drawbacks or things that people will run into? And they're like, oh, it sounded so great on JS Party, but now I found this <laughs> out. Like, what? Where's the? Where be the dragons? Yeah. So first dragon would be that uh, currently it's not packing any pre-compiled libraries. So when you run it, it's gonna compile all the C++ on your system. So it's going, going to be uh, slow in the first run, but eventually it gets faster because it gets cached and stuff. But yeah, there is a, a pre-compilation step coming up soon uh, that should solve that. Uh, that's one, because uh, in most systems, sometimes you don't have the necessary dependencies and things like that. And most of the issues that I get on GitHub is based on that. But yeah, that's going to be solved soon uh, and we are solving it as we go. Other than that, uh, there is another uh, dragon that I would say is you're not getting all the complete Qt widgets that you see on Qt website right now. Mm. 
uh, it is an ongoing process right and you will still need to help out there a bit by building up other either native plugins for it or you could just wait it out and then raise an issue and then we would start building on it but yeah there is a pretty good list of widgets already which should be useful for most cases but some cases very specific cases will not be solved yet is the focus primarily right now on windowed applications is there any availability or future plans to support things like like i'm thinking on on mac like a menu bar yeah or more advanced things like like a service right something like a docker service or something so it is being currently worked on uh, so we do have support for system tray icons uh, that you see but uh, obviously the services part is not yet ready you could basically create a system tray icon right now uh, but the menu part is being worked on and should be out soon but yeah, i'm not making any big promises but yeah uh, that is uh, basically under the roadmap yeah it's uh, the reason is it is i have to build a music player in the end right and the music player cannot just stay outside <laughs> so <laughs> it needs to have a system tray. i'm super excited about this music player maybe yeah. also consider a podcast integration we'll, uh, <laughs> put under the table so i have a question regarding that i mean maybe, maybe it's not even regarding that but somewhat related is big features down the road, things that it's missing, things that you want to add. So far, you've mostly said I and me and, and then like a few collaborators. I remember early on when Vue.js first hit the scene, we were interviewing Evan Yu and, and I said, you know, React has the establishment behind it and Vue is basically you, Evan. And uh, obviously he's, he's overcome like that roadblock. But when you're going to use a cross-platform framework i mean the framework is a big dependency right so one of the things that would stop me from using this potentially are saying well i you know electron has so many companies using it it's been around a long time it's not going anywhere yeah i got memory problems but most of the issues maybe have been addressed what's your story there like are you going to be here for a while is this a flash in the pan how are you going to stick around and and are you going to stick around uh, yes, uh, the answer to this is uh, like this is one of the most common questions that I get. The thing is, uh, yes, I agree. There is not a big company yet behind this, but I see a lot of value and I see a lot of people seeing the value to it. And I have basically got around 20 to 25 contributions already from outside community in over a month. And I think that's pretty impressive. And I also wanted to do a, do a join this podcast because I wanted to invite more people to join me. And uh, it is a pretty easy framework to get started. The code base is pretty well organized for, for the contributions part. If you just poke around a bit, you can do it. And uh, the thing is, you don't need to really know C++ to do this. You could hop around and take a look and then implement the same, same thing which I did already. And the, there are a few core members already, uh, like there are two people uh, apart from me who are also building actively on this. And there is a, another Angular port which is going on. So all of this makes, all, I see it as a positive and I would continue to work on this since I'm very passionate about desktop, desktop development. And I did start building this around a year ago, to be honest, and I stopped in between. Uh, the reason is I thought I could build it out with Electron and other frameworks. And there were pretty similar ideas coming out on the wild already. Uh, the thing is, the main focus here is on Linux. And... I use Linux personally for as a desktop platform and there are not many good applications out there for Linux. The reason is people don't develop it because you have to develop in native languages. And this is seen as a positive step towards it because there are a lot of JavaScript devs who are willing to work on open source technology. And yeah, so it's primarily built for Linux so, so that people could build out stuff for it. 
maybe, just maybe, new Node GUI will usher in the year of the Linux desktop. <laughs> Even I want to uh, see that happening. So <laughs> let's see. <laughs> I think at this point, it's kind of like, what was that video game that never came out? Duke Nukem Forever. You know, we're all like, it's kind of a running joke, but we know that Linux has made huge strides in mobile. Just the desktop is still the niche nerdy environment that uh, it always has been. That being said, it's awesome to see a lead dev who is on Linux because usually that's the reason why it will not get the attention that it deserves. And oftentimes it's just like, well, what OS does the lead developer run? And that's basically the one that's going to get the most love. So it's nice to see you on Linux. Yeah, I think it's highly underrated. If you could just jump in, you could like it as much as you like OS X. Only thing, you won't, you won't get the shiny applications that you get with OS X. But yeah, <laughs> I want uh, yeah. to change that with Node so let's see. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, that you have in the near and long term? Yeah, the primary challenges are on exporting out the documentation part. I am actively trying to build out a system that way uh, that is auto-generated, that the documentation is auto-generated, but I feel that the doc- auto-generated documentations are not really helpful and are not really user-friendly. So I really love to write my own documentation. Uh, that way it's more personal and people feel like, you know, you could actually read it, basically. So that's one of the mo- major challenges uh, since I would say documentation is a lie uh, when, for the future. So uh, because the application moves forward, the documentation stays older. I want to improve that also. But let's see uh, how that goes on. If any ideas, if anyone has any ideas, feel free to come in to the GitHub and open issue and let's discuss that. I love the focus on documentation because that's, that's in the recipe to make this a huge success and mm-hmm. you're focused on it. What are some other aspects of the community where people can pitch in and how would they go about doing that? Is GitHub the place to be? Is there a... Is there a chat room? Is there a forum? Where does the community get together, or at least where would you like them to, to really rally behind Node GUI and start to use it and start to help out? Yeah. Uh, so uh, initially, I was focusing only on GitHub. I thought GitHub was the best place to do this. But eventually, uh, a lot of people uh, came into the GitHub and to ask me where, where, where they can do a private chat or things like that. And I ended up opening a Spectrum forum for it. It's a GitHub-owned a chat forum so you could basically sign up with your github id and then join the node gui uh, github uh, uh, spectrum forum and then you can either privately chat or you know discuss issues there and we could just uh, you know solve it out together so uh, even there the new newer contributors who are joining me on this uh, journey are also joining spectrum and asking me for help there and and you know we are just sharing knowledge there and then you know looking forward to how it goes forward so yeah spectrum is the way to go forward and you can always open bugs and stuff like that on GitHub. Very good, Atul. Well, uh, this has been awesome. I'm very impressed with what you put out so far in such a short amount of time with seems to be a, a very small team. And the results have been impressive, to say the least. As I said, your announcement last month was very well received and caught our eye here at JS Party. Looks like your announcement post has almost 200 comments on it. There's been a lot of activity on GitHub. So you ha- you're off to a great start. And I just wish you the best of luck on building this thing. I would love to see the community go out and give it a try. I mean, the best thing you can do is maybe take a a small open source Electron app that you're using. And if it's simple enough, maybe see how you could uh, port it over to NodeGUI and what that process would be like. Blog about it, make a YouTube video about it, share it with us. We'd be happy to share it with the whole JS community. Any final words from you before we uh, call it a show? 
yeah it has been a lot of fun uh, doing this talk and uh, i really appreciate both of your time other than that i encourage everyone to contribute uh, it's a very friendly community and we basically try to help out as much as we can uh, yeah that's pretty much it awesome well thank you so much for joining us once again nick thanks for hanging with me and uh, that's our show for this week you don't have to go home but you can't stay here we'll see you next time Thank you for tuning in to JS Party this week. Tune in live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern at changelaw.com slash live. Join the community and Slack with us in real time during the shows. Head to changelaw.com slash community. And do us a favor. Share this show with a friend. We're just an Apple podcast. Go into Overcast and favorite it. And thank you to Fastly, our bandwidth partner. Head to Fastly.com to learn more. And we move fast to fix things around here at ChangeLaw because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. We're hosted on Leno Cloud Servers. Head to Leno.com slash ChangeLaw. Check them out and support this show. Our music is produced by Breakmaster Cylinder. And you can find more shows just like this at ChangeLaw.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Greetings, JS Party people. It's your boy, Jared. I just wanted to drop you a quick note because we are giving away five free passes to All Things Open on October 13th through 15th in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes, we will be there as well. Emma is keynoting the event. I'll be giving a talk on Spelt and K-Ball will be joining the both of us on stage for a live JS Party recording. We're trying something new we call Lightning Chats and we think it's going to be a ton of fun. You will not want to miss it. Come by and see us in booth 72, which is right by the coffee, so you know K-Ball will be energized. And I'm sure we'll have stickers and other JS Party swag for you there. This is your chance to join 4,500 open source technologists free of charge. All you have to do is tweet, I want a free pass to all things open because state your reason and mention at changelog or at JS Party FM so we see it, and we'll DM the winners later this week. If you don't want to wait, register now as the price increases tomorrow, that's October 1st. Use promo code changelog20 to save 20% on your ticket, and we hope to see you there. That's all for now. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. You are programming, aren't you? You should be programming. I would probably go programming if I were you.